Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Inspired with your hosts, Allie and Ella. In this episode, we have an amazing guest. She's a founder of Salvage Soul, a social media influencer, a real estate investor, and a leader, which has helped her become one of the best in network marketing in America. Please welcome Krista Crawford. Oh, I'm like crying. I love you. (laughs) Is there anything that I missed? No, that was, oh my gosh, so sweet. I'm so excited for this. So, um... Here we have the first question. Um, so could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am Krista. I am a mom of four boys. I, like you said, am in a direct sales company. I've been in this direct sales company for nearly five years. Prior to this, I had done and failed in a lot of different small business ventures. Um, now this opportunity has led to so many different business opportunities in the real estate world. And yeah, I'm just, I'm actually in the middle of starting some eBooks and I'm going to have a whole series with that. I have had a podcast and honestly, like, I'm just, I'm so excited for this interview and I'm so proud of these girls. Thank you. It's so cool at such a young age, you know diving into something that could, you know, completely transform the future, your, your entire future. And I think (laughs) I was doing, you know, stuff like this at the age that you guys are, like, I can't even imagine what types of things that I would be able to, you know, I've got my hands into by the time I was like 18. So this is so awesome. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Okay. So the first question Getting to the top of anything, sports, school, and especially in business, is very difficult. And you're not just at the top of Monate, but you're one of the best in network marketing in general. What is a hurdle that you continually have to overcome to get where you are and stay there? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is actually one of the first things that I try to help teach my girls when they first come into this business. And it's to not allow the opinions of other people dictate your future, your calling. And, you know, sometimes that looks like your family members. Sometimes that looks like strangers on the internet. Sometimes that's your best friend. But to really, really, really just truly stay on your own path and not allow the opinions of other people to deter you from the places that God has you going. That's awesome. I love that because that's something that you can take to so many different aspects of life I feel like totally um okay Allie um in business specifically if you could spend one day with one person who would it be and why okay my my one person would actually be someone who I've been mentored by the last couple of years um and it would be John then I mean he's obviously a world-renowned author when it comes to leadership books but Yes. He also has a really, really strong faith-based background. And I just, yes. I could honestly, I could, I could listen to him talk. I could, I could sit there and just like, you know, have a conversation for hours and hours and days and days. And, and that would be the person that if I could spend that time with, 
it would it would be him. That's awesome. Okay, so I know that you had a custom wood furniture business before you started selling Monet. What inspired you to do furniture? So the thing that inspired me to do furniture was honestly, I, I saw like, I saw an opportunity to make money in an area that there really wasn't an option. So before, obviously, I mean, and obviously we're talking in 2012. So this was 10 years ago when things were like just starting to kind of come up and on the rise of like Pinterest and things like that. Um, high end furniture was, you know, something that was not obtainable for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. I noticed that there was just kind of like this missing like niche for custom furniture that was like affordable. Yeah. And when I had seen something on Pinterest and to be honest, it really wasn't meant to be furniture. Uh, Salvage Soul started as wood frame mirrors, but the wood frame mirrors that were on like Restoration Hardware, Pottery Barn, or all of these, you know, designer stores were really, really, really expensive. And they yeah. always had different options. So they had different finish options. So when I saw this DIY mirror, and it's like DIY mirror for 20 bucks, oh, and wow. you go and you get the wood. And you, you know, get the $5 mirror that they have at like every single store. It's like, you know, and they showed how to remove the frame from the mirror. And I honestly spent uh, probably at least $100 trying to learn how to remove the frame (laughs) on these mirrors because I kept breaking them. And I was like, you know, scrambling up change at that point, basically, to like make my first couple pieces. And when I had started promoting that I started promoting that as custom wood frame mirrors and then I had a client who came to me and she was someone who bought a custom mirror from me and she asked if I could make an end table and I looked at the end table that she wanted and I was like oh yeah I could totally make that and I literally made it in my driveway with a hammer nails and wood glue and my husband had come home from work and I had I had it all done and I was like, look, this is the, this is the order that my, you know, my customer who just ordered a mirror. And I was like, I made this end table. And he's like, you did not make that. And I'm like, yes, I did. (laughs) I was laughing so hard. And he's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. And I'm like, yes, I did. And, um, that was, that was the beginning of what, you know, my furniture business was. And then from there, it just really snowballed into people requesting different things and, honestly, me just like believing in myself and saying, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to make this, but I'm going to figure it out. And then that just evolved into beds and dining tables and end tables and, you know, coffee tables and literally barn doors and everything that, um, you know, that business ended up turning into. That's amazing. How did you figure out how to get all of the pieces to make that like trial and error so it was it was obviously I was completely self-taught I never took any carpentry and anything um but my grandpas on both sides were carpenters and I didn't realize actually until I was interviewing to go on a talk show with the producers I'm like oh my gosh I never even thought about that my grandpas were both carpenters and (laughs) so (laughs) it really was I mean I did a lot of like you know, I remember like doing things with my husband 
and he would like try to help me or whatever. And he's like, well, what angle does this need to be? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm such a visual person. So I could look at something. I could look at anything and I can, and I could build it. So I, all I would go based off of was like a photo or, you know, an inspiration or whatever. And sometimes it was like my clients just trusting like the vision that I had in my head, but it was a lot of trial and error. And it was, I mean, a lot of trial and error. There were times when I literally would build a bed with the dimensions backwards. Like my first bed (laughs) that I ever built, I built like the mattress sideways. It was a California King and I built it like the wrong dimensions. And, um, yeah, just, you know, trying things out, like mm-hmm. different wood fillers, different screws, you know, I would talk to everyone at Home Depot and Lowe's. They all knew me and they all followed me on Instagram and saw what I was doing that week. And, um, it really just was like, I don't know, not really, not really, I don't want to say caring about the outcome, but just knowing the outcome will be whatever I make it and I will make yeah. it good yeah. no matter what happens like along the ride. And definitely some natural talent, I think. Yes. Um, Thank you. It was, and that it was all the stuff that you made was so beautiful. When you were doing that Thank business you. and working on that, what did you learn about yourself, do you think, when you were trying to figure out how to start a business and make all of this stuff? You know, I, I feel like I didn't, I guess, recognize the things that I learned about myself until I went into direct sales. And I had to, you know, I I just, I thought going into this business that everyone would be like me, like everyone would just put themselves out there and just do it. And oh my gosh, try this and start using it. Or, you know, like I learned that I am very, um, I don't want to say like unbothered, like very, I, everyone's opinions, it kind of goes back to that first answer again, where I learned so much about myself really, truly believing in myself and that people don't have that. Like people don't have that, you know? And for me, it was, I didn't even know that was something that what, you know, was a gift of mine. And obviously I, rely so much on God at the end of the day for everything just to get me through everything. And I think that maybe, um, you know, that has played a huge role in my self-belief is just knowing and trusting the outcome is going to be good. But I think that, I don't know, like my resilience, my ability to just not allow things to like take me down, whether that be, you know, struggling in my marriage or just being down on myself about like, you know, the, the time that I was taking away from being a mom and, you know, there's so much that I just looked for the opportunity to excel instead of like, let things hold me back. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Ali. Um, everyone has to start at the bottom and work their way up, especially in an MLM. An MLM. Um, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone starting in your career path? to have a clear vision of where they want to go. And that doesn't have to be like the end, but I think that when you have a reason why you're doing something, it allows the things that are going to try to stop you to be minimum. If every single person came into, you know, multi-level marketing, direct sales, 
with the ability to really grasp why they're doing this, it would outweigh a lot of the things that are going to deter them or try to along the way. So it's like for some people, you know, it, for me, it was my kids. I wanted more time with my kids. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to work a job that didn't require me to physically be somewhere. The more that I thought of, you know, oh, I'm going to be able to be with my kids and not have to leave and go do installs and not have to leave and go do this. And I'm going to be able to be there with like whenever at the drop of a hat, whenever I want that weighed so much more, you know, of an impact on my decision to like keep moving forward than it would if it was, you know, an opinion or like something that was like coming up to stop me. So having a really, really, really strong why and like I said, that could change monthly, that could change yearly, that could change, that could, that, that's going to keep evolving as you're growing, but just focusing and knowing why you're doing what you're doing is going nice. to be something that, you know, keeps you in drive. Yes. And having a why for starting, I feel like in any yeah. career path or sports yeah. or um, college, anything like that is something that you really do need to think about because well, I think multi-level marketing is different because people don't take it serious mm, so it's yeah. like okay oh you want to be a professional athlete or you want to be a musician like that's a serious thing they take mm. it serious right they yeah. show up to all of the the you know uh practices they show I mean and you think of it and it's like okay if someone wanted to be a professional athlete they're starting as a child okay yeah, so they're yes. starting as a child they're going through all of those things they're committing so much, they're investing so much, they're sacrificing so much. But then people wanna get into, you know, direct sales, multi-level marketing, and they just wanna like kind of treat it like a hobby. Well, yes. if you treat it like a hobby, it's gonna pay you like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, it's gonna pay you like a business. Yeah. So they have to really focus and think of, you know, and I use sports and um, like, you know, just the entertainment industry as a whole, actresses and actors, it's like, how many times do they get rejected? How many times do, you know, like singers get told they're not good enough and they're never going to make it and they're this and they're that, but they keep on and on and on and they go sing for free everywhere and they invest so much and they sacrifice so much just to get that like one deal. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So people just are not, I, I feel like this industry as a whole has not made, um, I don't want to say made made enough of a movement because we have the, you know, top, we, there's more millionaires that come out of direct sales, female millionaires that come out of direct sales than any other industry. That's amazing. So That's it's amazing. like, it, yes. I feel like people just don't know. You know what I mean? Like That's they so just, true. I don't know. I, that's the only thing that I could think of or reason why it would be, you know, just not taken serious enough. Like people don't, give it enough credit because yeah. it, it really, really is such work. an incredible industry. And they see like influencers who are doing this and stuff like that. And I feel like they don't see the work that they put into yeah, it. They just so totally. that's how they don't know what it takes to be where they are. Yeah. Or and like where us, they really are doing this. Mm -hmm. And also like being like YouTube or having like being a YouTuber for like a career or something. People say that as like a joke or anything, but totally, totally yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's so true. Mm -hmm. Balance is impossible to find, but how do you try and 
try to find a balance for you with your work and your job is very unique, but with your work and your family, your personal life? Well, my balance is the fact that I'm going to be working. Okay. We all know that you have to, you have to be working in order to make an income. And obviously as you grow in direct sales, a lot of it, a lot of the residual income grows as well, but you, you still have to be working. So I feel like, you know, the communication with your family in the context of, okay, I'm going to take you to the skate park, but I'm going to make a call or we're going to do this. And then later I need to do that. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like just having that, but Yes. I mean, Ella, you've been around me enough to know there is no balance in my life. Like I am a, I'm a, a little bit of a hot mess, kind of, <laughs> kind of everywhere. Like we're just, we're just getting the things in where they fit in, you know? Yes. And, um, I think I actually said this a while ago and I'll, I'll send it to you after we get off of this. Yes. Um, I did an interview and well, it wasn't an interview. It was actually a pilot for a show that I was doing. And that was one of the things that they had asked me, like, you know, balance, like, you know, a lot of people are going to want to know how you balance and how you do it all. And now I'm looking at, you know, what I'm doing now and what I was doing before. And I'm like, oh man, like such a huge difference. But my answer still remains the same in the sense of, I feel what throws people off balance because it's like, you know, envision someone standing on one foot. What throws them off balance is trying to do everything they think is going to create balance. So it's like when you just stand there and you're just, you know, letting the world kind of go round and accepting that, you know, dinner's not going to be at the table every single night. And Mm -hmm. sometimes your kid's going to get sick and sometimes you're not going to be able to make something or, you know, when I I feel like society these days creates. So, I mean, and it's, it's especially with like all these blogs and websites and all these things on like, I mean, and obviously a lot of this is motherhood because that's my like forte, but it's like, no, we don't need to like have a a sleep training schedule. No, I don't need to do this. No, I don't need, you know what I mean? Instead of just just going with with it and like letting it be and, and you know how your mom is too. And it's just. It's really like letting life happen instead of trying to control everything. And I think that when you're trying to balance so much, you're never going to find it because you're always looking for it. But if you kind of roll off your shoulders and and let life happen and enjoy it, like that's what I wish more people would do is just enjoy those little things. Like um, something that I always say lately I've been saying this for like, I don't know, probably the last couple of years is if everyone would just change, you know, the haves to gets, like instead of I have to do this, I have to do that to I get to do this, I get to do that. And really just, you know, honoring and accepting and being grateful, you know, and going back to gratitude, it would help a lot with that whole quote unquote balance, you know. I don't even, I don't, I, I can't stand that word to be honest. Yeah. Cause <laughs> you I, need to go with the flow, especially having, you have four boys yes. and a very unique work schedule and stuff where you have to 
be prepared for what's going to come and not just make plans of how you're yeah. going to balance it. And I feel like this kind of falls under like everything happens for a reason. And like, totally. I love, I love that. So. Yeah, it is okay. so true. I know you've been doing some real estate investment stuff more recently. What have you learned about that field while doing it? Because it's a little bit different than what you. Oh my gosh, it has been so fun. And the thing that I've realized is it's so crazy because it all kind of just inter- intertwines with everything. But something that we've been doing is a lot of, um, I mean, I guess we've heard a lot of, oh, that doesn't really sell. Or, oh, that's not going to be something that a lot of people like. Or, oh, there's like only a certain buyer for that type of thing. And it's like, you know, I, I always stick to this quote. And it's, you cannot say the wrong thing to the right person. Okay. Yes. So it's almost like the same thing in real estate and in interior design and the things that I've been doing is I'm not looking to please everyone. Okay. I'm not looking like to, to have these designs and go and it's going to take that one person who wants this and who is meant to, you know, have this home or, you know, I don't flip this or buy that or whatever. And, and not putting yourself into a box where it's like, I feel like so many people in real estate want to do such a wide range of like, well, anyone and everyone can come, but it's, it's not niching into, you know, what makes something different. So it's like, even thinking about like, you know, if you think about like artists, um, musicians, athletes, like, the, the legends of every single industry are different. They do something different. And I think that doing, doing something different in the real estate world has definitely, you know, been on our side and, and worked out in our favor multiple times now. And I think just staying true to like what you love instead of trying to like please the mass. Yeah, because you can't please everyone. And if you do what you love and find the person that's going to totally. love that. It's going to be so much easier for you and easier to find the person. Cause you're not going to be able to please totally. everyone. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, so, so second to last question. Um, what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Mm, this is a good one. <laughs> My 13 year old. What advice? I think to not waste time in areas that are are not. I mean, and, and I feel like I got really good at this as I got older, but I do feel like it, 13 is like, I mean, I'm literally sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, River's 13, you're 13. Like, this yeah. is like, oh, like, what advice? would I give? Um, but to really not allow like my self worth be based on like other people. Yeah. And that's something that I feel like a lot of 13 year olds struggle with. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I necessarily care what other people think of me, but (laughs) I know plenty of people who do and you can't let that determine what you think of yourself. And And I think I, I really have done well with that from a very young age, but I think it was more of like my later teens. I feel like my Mm -hmm. early teens, I was still just trying to like figure out like, 
you know, okay, wait a second. And, and just doing like the comparing game, you know, comparing to my friend here, comparing to my friend there. And it was all over like silly stuff, but it was stuff that I look back and it's like, well, that like actually kind of took a toll on me for like a month, Mm -hmm. you know, like I wish I wouldn't have, you know, and just really, um, grasping how fast time goes. Because I think that at 13, we just think that we have forever, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, like you need to actually start planning because at 18 is like right around the corner. Like those five years from 13 to 18 literally fly by. So when I say like, don't waste any time in areas that are not productive for like your adult future. That's awesome advice. Um, okay, so we're kind of getting to the end. This okay. has been so amazing Aww. and it's been so Thank great so to have much. you. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you guys. <laughs> okay. Um, so our last question is where can our listeners find you on social media and in general? Okay, so I pretty much just do Instagram. I know, don't tell your mom. She, like, has been on me to do other things. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at Salvage Soul on Instagram is, like, the top place. And then I have links yeah. to, like, my website and stuff like that on there. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much yes. again for doing this of interview course. and taking time out of your day. Of um, course, babes. This was so great. I'm so proud of you guys. This was amazing. I know. And we have to see each other soon. because I know. So I know. You need to tell your mom to get out here. I know. <laughs> we will. We'll make sure we come there at least. Yes. Be once so, over the summer. So fun. More. For sure. Yes. All right. Okay, Thank bye. you, guys. Bye. bye.